Happy anniversary, pumpkin. Things have been bad between us, and I'm sorry. I know when surprise isn't going to fix everything. I love you with all of my heart. Till death do us part. The Night Before Podcast. This is a podcast that my husband and I do um, about the movie we watched the night before. And we pop up at a local brewery, restaurant, place now in general, local coffee shop. Local hangout spot. The next day and um, talk about our views and our opinions about the movie we watched the night before. Yeah, um, we try our best to save our thoughts until our then. Best. Last night was hard. I don't think last night was hard. Our previous episode, The Neon Demon, that was, that was hard. That was hard. Last night, we watched, actually, our, how many movies are we talking about today? Well, we're going to run through, I think, three. Because I think... We watched three movies think, yesterday, but it, in our defense, it rained all day well, yesterday. We're, it's, we're recording this on the 4th of July. It is the 4th, and I'm super pumped. At a, a place called Nebraska Mini Mart in Tampa, Florida. It's a nice Florida. day. It's we're a outside. nice day. But we watched three movies yesterday because... Hurricane Elsa or Tropical Storm Elsa is on its way to us. Though somewhat unrelated, but just the various weather systems. We had a lot of rain yesterday. And we were stuck indoors all day. So we just went out, got some supplies, meaning food and drinks, and And, and sat and watched three movies. Yeah. We did. So I think all three, we're going to talk about Till Death, a new... Um, we talked two, about two more than, I think... Well, I think all three of them don't have long conversations. Okay. So I okay. think they're all sort of short. But Till Death with starring Megan Fox. Yes. Our her friend. Her new movie. Our friend starring... Starring Casey Affleck. Jason da- Siegel. Dakota. Do you know her last name? We've just been calling her Dakota. It's not Fanning. No, you th- they're Fanning. thinking of Elle Fanning um, from our previous movie, Dakota, Dakota Johnson. Johnson. Um, and the and last one was Censor. A film called Censor, a smaller indie film, which doesn't really have any big name stars. Right, right. It's British. But those are the th- that's the order we watched them, so that's probably the order we'll talk about them. Sure. Why not? And what are we drinking today? We'll save the best for last. Um, well, we're at Nebraska Mini Mart. We are at Nebraska Mini Mart. It's actually one of our favorite places in our kind of neighborhood. Um, but it's an, it's an outdoor place, so if it's raining or whatever, we don't come. But um, they have great food, and they have great selection of drinks, I think, always. Mm-hmm. Well, I, the concept behind Nebraska Mini Mart is that this used to be one of those convenience store mini marts. Yes, it used to be called Nebraska Mini Mart. It was called the Mart. They didn't change the and name. And it's just been closed for years. And it was renovated and turned into a little hangout spot with shuffleboard and bocce ball and, and some people that ping pong tables. A, another restaurant yeah. in the area. And they have really great food. They have shuffleboard tables, bocce ball, ping pong. So it's uh, turned into a hangout spot hole. with good tunes, good food. Burgers, chicken sandwiches, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, and drinks. And uh, you can hang out and play some games and talk. So today we're just hanging out. It's not, it's 4th of July. It's nice weather, but it's not really crowded that much today. Everybody's out at the beach. Everybody's at the beach. We did our kind of family beach, like yeah. water vacation last week. So we're not at the beach today, but. So drinking, we're drinking um, a, a drink they drink. make here. They have it on tap. It's called Keep a Cool Hand. What's Keep it called? Keep a Cool Hand. All right. See, I got it right. And it's like, we kind of looked it up. It's like a vermouth Ricky. All right. Um, so it has vermouth and lime and soda. And, and it, ginger. It's really nice. Ginger. It's really nice drink for being as hot it is, as it is outside. And it's a good summer July drink. Yeah. So um, that's what we're doing today. Hanging yeah. out. So yesterday, so the polar opposite of the sunny weather, July, 
Um, I think quickly we can talk about the Megan Fox movie, Till quickly. Death. Yes. Which just came out, like in theaters and streaming. Mm -hmm. And we both, it just skipped the line ahead, just kind of like the Neon Demon did. Because, like, oh, watched. Megan Fox is in this thriller, let's do it. Well, and I had seen, I didn't know she was in a movie coming out, but I had um, kind of happened upon an interview with her that was funny. And and then I thought, and of course she's been in the news so much with her, you know, pop culture news with her boyfriend and whatnot. Um, so I saw the interview, so I knew about the movie because she was promoting the interview mm -hmm. in the movie. Mm -hmm. and the whole point of the interview, yeah. The whole, that was the whole point of the interview. Um, so it was slightly on my radar. Not something I was, like, really anxious to watch, but we thought, sure, we'll do it. Be, Why not? It'll be fun. Fun. It'll be fun. So did you like Till Death? I did not like Till Death. <laughs> I did not like it. I tried to like it. Yeah. I tried really hard to like mm. it. I thought it was a fun movie. You know what? Megan Fox mm -hmm. is beautiful. I just want to... Yeah, put, no, you no, mentioned no. that while we were watching She is. It. She's a gorgeous human being. Like, sure. she is a gorgeous human being. And I don't want to um, discredit her for that in any way. Because I appreciate that in her. But my thought through a lot of it, as I did mention to you last night, was, I mean... She is. Do you want to say the concept of the movie first before I go into this? I was going to do it after you said your little okay. thought. She is gorgeous throughout the entire movie, and she is in peril throughout pretty much the entire movie. I mean, I just worked out this morning, and I look like death after a 45-minute workout on a elliptical. Well, now you don't. You shower well, now I up. don't. I showered. <laughs> we both did. But... What I'm saying is, she's dragging around a, you know, 160-pound man who probably feels heavier because he's dead for the entire movie, and she looks like she just stepped out of the makeup counter. Her makeup, her makeup never makeup really down. ruins much. Nor does she look look stressed. Yeah. Nor does she look sweaty. Nor does she look flush. Yeah. And that's bothersome. It's the same, like, Angelina Jolie effect in the fire movie we watched, whatever that was called. Yeah, Those Who Wish Me Dead. Those Who the Wish Angelina Me Dead. The Angelina Jolie effect, which we call it. We call it the Angelina I mean, they are beautiful, and they're beautiful human beings in general. But I think you have to, like, you can't empathize with their stress they're going through when they look so undisturbed Well, I don't think you empathize times. with anybody. And that's the problem with this movie. It's just sort of, it's just a... I think part of the reason you watch it is because of Megan Fox. Like, you're paying a ticket just to see her face. I guess. But you don't empathize with anybody in this movie. No. Which they're is both part of the pretty problem. cold. Like, her and her husband are pretty cold characters. They're not, well, They're like, not even... Yeah, they are cold, but they're not even that. They're just... They live in this lifestyle that's unattainable for... Or unrelatable for most of us. Right. He's, you know, super rich, lawyer... In New York City, I think it is. I don't know. Something. Big yeah. city. Big city lawyer. They have a ton of money, obviously. Mm -hmm. They have a lake house. They have a lake house. They have a they go, you know, but it, regardless, their marriage after 10 years is on the rocks. and It's stale, as they say in the, yeah. the summary. And the, the husband takes her to the old lake house. Has um, it prepared for them. To kind of like rekindle quote, woo her. And then rekindle their love. But in reality, he's there just to um, set her up. We get revenge on her because he knows she's having an affair. She and had an affair, which she ended right before because her anniversary was coming up and she just decided she couldn't do it anymore. Yeah. But. but I mean, there's obviously no chemistry between the two of them that the marriage is over. And so the, the premise is that he, 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 he woos her there, he kind of tries to win her back. Super romantic, and then come morning, she wakes up. Hand. This is in the trailer. She wakes up handcuffed to him, uh, and then he commits suicide right there in front of her. And she's stuck to him. But then, so the movie really is, which is like, okay, what's this movie really? What's the enjoyable about this movie? Anything? It's like 
watching. It's like how to get out of this scenario. Because, um, right. yeah, she has to lug the dead body around, and he has set up everything in the house that you would answer, like, oh, what about her cell phone? What about the car? What about, how, you know, how does she get out of here? And it's in a snowstorm. And he's kind of thought about all those things ahead of time and, and like, you know, um, siphoned the gas out of the car yeah. and put her cell phone in water. And But it's like the ultimate, like, vindictive husband. He, like, he leaves her messages about it and and part of the backstory was that she was um attacked earlier in life and then the other element of the movie is it becomes a sort of home intruder movie because he has also told the person who attacked her or hired him because now he's free where she's going to be in the house, and he's and that he, person's come thinking, do seek you think his revenge. He hired those people to attack her in the first place. Oh, they never go there. I don't think so. No, because that's how they met. Because you, yeah, but that's how the husband and Megan Fox met. Because he was he was a prosecution a prosecution oh. attorney. Oh, okay. Because he put the guy away, but then he flips sides to show you know how he's changed in the marriage, right? He's no longer a prosecution attorney. Now he's in a, a defense attorney. Right. And he makes a ton of money and all this stuff. But, I mean, I think any of it, I think it's one of these movies that when it makes its way to Netflix or something else, you watch it. But you don't pay any pay extra money. money to see it. I, I did not like it, but it's exact. my thought was it's exactly what I thought it would be. Um, it's one of these movies that is just... There's nothing unpredictable in it. You put it in, you tune it out, and it's just, will she survive? I mean, it's Megan Fox, right? I mean, there should be no surprise there. It's a star movie about a character overcoming overcoming all her struggles. The peril. Yeah. And the, the peril is real. Like, you're just not, you know, I mean, there is some dark humor in it. For sure. Well, it, the whole movie's absurd. And if you stop for any second to think about any of it, none of it really makes sense or adds up. I like, yeah. Yeah, no, none of it makes sense. And there's a lot of things that don't line up, like we were noticing. Yeah. Like. I mean, I think she's changed this guy. My thought was, start breaking his fingers. You'll get the handcuff off his arm if you break his hand, fingers. He's already dead. Then, yeah. You don't drag him around for days, or a day, or however yeah. long the movie went for. It was like it was just a day. Through the snow and it's snowy, and she, ra- you know, she has this but wedding right. dress. The funny part is, through all the stuff, she never even like breaks a sweat. Never. Yeah, it's funny. Never, and she's literally dragging this man through ice, snow, up, up and down stairs, like into cars, like, I mean. And you have to think about how little she is. So me, like, so my only regret on this movie is like, oh, you paid money to rent it and see it. But these kind of movies are exactly what they, I mean, they're all over the place. You just kind of watch yeah. it, you tune out, and you move on. It's not great. No, I wouldn't recommend it to people, but I'm like, oh, yeah, watch it. It's fine. I, That's I still death. I, it's a, I felt literally, when we were done, I was like, this is just a waste of two hours of my life. Well, Lisa, my thought was like, it's <laughs> like, fine. It it's was fine. not great at all. It is what it is. It was annoying. I think so, it was annoying. But anyway, let's so move on. Still let's I would, move I on. Don't believe the hype. People keep saying like, oh, Megan Fox is back. I'm like, I don't I don't think so. I know you haven't seen it. We talked a little bit about it. I think Jennifer's Body is still the movie I like of hers. But Yeah, I haven't seen that one. But um, but it's definitely no Jennifer's Body. We talked about body. it last night. Jennifer's but I body. would say watch. it's better than probably those Transformers and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle movies she was in. It's better than those? It has to be. I haven't seen those, but come on. <laughs> come on. So it, it, what, what it is, I think I saw somebody on, on Letterboxd, the, the account I use to keep track of the movies I watch. I think somebody wrote that this is like um, The Strangers meets Home Alone. Yeah. Or, um, you know, Week at Bernie's. Home Alone's better than this movie. <laughs> it's like Weekend at Bernie's meets. Uh, Weekend at Bernie's is better than this movie, too. <laughs> Meets uh, Home Alone. There's definitely some Home Alone elements in this, I thought. You know, she tried. Only Home Alone because you have the two people. She's in- not going to break the bank with this the one. The Home Invaders. I mean, I don't want to get into, like, 
Megan Fox's star power we got. I, I, I don't know. So I'm here in Fairhope, Alabama, visiting my friends and their kids. I've been reading to the kids. It's very interesting. Uh, they see these stories through like different eyes than we do. The other day I read uh, their daughter Molly, one fish, two fish, red fish, blue fish. You remember that one? And when I finished, she said, that's scary, Dane. I said, what's scary about it? Is it the one fish, the two fish, the red fish, the blue fish? She said, no, your lack of ambition. <laughs> Thank you. It's pretty scary to come up here. I have a friend who's been wanting to try to stand up, but uh, <laughs> he's never done it. He's, uh, he's a little chicken. <laughs> All right. Anyway, let's move so on. So then we bounce to a totally different tonal movie and something you've been excited about. I have been wanting to watch this movie for a while. And it's been like 1999, and then it was 1999. No, I mean before when I first it was first on the radar. It was expensive. It was like 20 bucks. Oh, 90, oh, the price to rent yeah, it. The price. I thought you said it came out in 1999. No, no, no. This is a new movie. Yeah, our friend. Our friend. Um, based on a true story, came out in 2019. 2019. And yeah. And it stars Casey Affleck, Dakota Johnson, and Jason Segel. About and I heard about it because I think I saw an interview on with Jason Segal. Oh, you know, I was listening to a podcast, Armchair, mm -hmm. Armchair Expert, yeah. and Jason Segal was on it. And he was, Did you say Segal? Is it Segal or Siegel? Siegel. I've been saying Siegel, S E G E L. Siegel. Okay, I'm just curious. Anyway, you saw a podcast with you Jason. Know what? We'll S. look that up. Jason S. <laughs> and um, anyway, since they had talked about it, I looked it up and I thought, oh, that's a movie. Now, let me just get this out there. I love sad movies. This, this movie is, is sad. And I, in, I. It's a cancer movie. I love sad so movies. So cancer movies are guaranteed to be sad, sentimental movies. Yeah. But. I, I think this had an element to it that made it better than your typical sad. It's also sad. a bromance movie. It's not a bromance movie. It's a friend movie. It's That's a, why I said, but it's a bromance. And I, that was one thing I most appreciated about it. Because Dakota Johnson has cancer and it's about her. It's about. It's about her dying. Like it's about her dying, her coming dying. to terms with that, raising a family, two girls. Casey Affleck's her husband. Her husband, and then Jason Segel is the good friend. Good friend of theirs, first hers, but then becomes friends with both of them, basically. Yeah. And um, and it's he's kind and of he's like, there. He just kind of like puts his life whole on pause to help. He puts his entire life on pause. Casey Affleck, who to hasn't been the best, kind of move in with them and help them. He hasn't been the best husband, most attentive. Over the years, because he's kind of chased his career. Well, he's been, yeah, he's a journalist, and he was a journalist in the military. And, and um, to go to Johnson has become kind of the raising the girls. Raising the kids at home, kind of absent. He's been absent a but lot. But Casey Affleck's character is in this mo mood mindset of, like, I'm, I'm trying to just provide for the family and do all that can be done. Do everything I need to and do. He's not career. a bad person. No, 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 no. He's just, you know, they have your typical marriage ups and downs. You know, they're very it's in just, love. It's, they it's get that married, interesting thing about kids. between, especially male and female sometimes. I know we get in this thing where I think sometimes the male view is you self-sacrifice Things to tr oh, you think more monetarily, like oh, I got to work hard and get, and put money in the bank and food on the table, right? And to get us in a better place, right? We always there's always a better place we can get to, so you don't necessarily enjoy the place you're at, right? And then sometimes speaking very broadly and generically, and then like the female mindset, especially that this movie presents is the other side is no, it's about enjoying your family and what you have right now in the moment you're at, um, and you. You, you grow and nurture that way. And I do. And, and so it's them kind of coming together on that because they had kind of been. So they had some marriage woes yeah, before. Yeah. It kind of jumps pre-diet, her getting diagnosed with mar uh, cancer to post. It jumps around throughout the movie. And I did like how they, you know, being a realistic movie, because based on a true story, I did like 
that it was more realistic in the fact that a lot of movies, you know, there was an opportunity for him to be unfaithful in his marriage because he was away a long time, but he didn't. But that would have been an easy go-to for the man to be like unfaithful But it's also, it's also like marriage. the stereotypical go-to. And it, it, right, right, right. But that would have been an easy thing. I, I, so I mean, some of it as to just make Casey Affleck look like... An asshole. No, he, he looked like the... Nice guy. Yeah, the, the perfect husband in some ways. Well, I don't think he ever looked like the perfect husband, but I, I think they didn't go towards, you know, a movie like that could go towards your typical, like, the man cheated on her, they're trying to rekindle the marriage, then she gets cancer, and she doesn't really know if he's all in. You know, like, it could have gone to that, like, typical... That's what I meant at the beginning when I said, oh, the different ways people, male, female, brain, maybe sometimes views, views building the family. His thing all the time was, and that's what I thought part of the movie, his part of the time was, I've been just working sacrificing all personal happiness to give us more security. Because he does love her so much. Yes, and then she's on the other side as well. But he's distant because of that. She doesn't see that part of it, just like he doesn't see the emotional connection that's needed. Mm -hmm. She doesn't see the other side that he's doing to say, hey, so yeah, of course he's even going to deny an opportunity to... um, go after a colleague, a woman that's interested in him. Because he's even like, he's like, no, that's not my mission. I mean, he even does that later on in the movie when she's still really sick and her and him and Jason go out just for a walk, oh, yeah. a hike, and there's a bunch of young girls hanging out in the woods in the and river. he's kind of like, go for it. And like, he's like, I'm not even going to have fun. Like, I can't allow myself to have any fun. Because um, my wife's sick. My wife's sick. And, and like, that just showed I felt the mindset of his character was but I was surprised at the fact that she was the one that had the affair. No, I, I agree. I, I, didn't I, I wasn't think that surprised. Was the case. I thought one is a narrative device. That was just the thing you do, like it flips your I expectation that, that somebody was unfaithful, and it's her. But the reason was she was lonely. She was lonely. He, he was, was disconnected, detached. Emotionally, emotionally she needed yeah. that connection yeah. or attention or whatever. But to see them kind of work through it and him say. I wasn't there emotionally. Yeah, yeah. I wasn't, you know, not that it was his fault or her fault. It was both of their faults. But to see that kind of work, them work through that, even though, I mean, she had cancer. So it was probably more, I don't know, more more reason to work through it. Mm-hmm. But um, you don't see that as but, much but in movies. But they started to work you through it way before she had, before she had before cancer. Before she had cancer, yeah. But anyway, I really like the movie a lot, a lot, because mm-hmm. it. I love movies that evoke emotion. Yep. I love movies that you can, uh, you can say like, how would that be if I would that was happening to me or my spouse? I like realistic movies that make me feel, mm-hmm. um, and that I don't have to watch someone being in peril at all times. Like fighting for their lives and getting stabbed. Well, Dakota Johnson was fighting she for was, her life. She was, but in a different way. She was. And it's very, very sad. Like, And I, I like how the girls, they dealt with the girls. The, the realistic children. nature of like how everything was kind of falling apart. The house was a mess. You know, just kind of the realistic nature of it in general. I just liked it a lot. Yeah, no, it's not a bad movie. It's a good movie. I liked a lot. I think Jason Segal did a good job. I think Casey Affleck did a good job. Is it anything like out of the ordinary or special? No, but it's definitely a movie that I feel no. is a good feel feeling movie to watch. No, of course. I think you have to be like heartless not to watch this movie and say, okay, it's but emotional. But some movies it's like moving. this are kind of like they just take the cheesy approach or whatnot. I didn't feel this movie was cheesy in any way. No, I don't or... think it's cheesy at all. I think it was. I mean, I think, again, you know the beats where it's going to go. I do, I liked and I didn't like the bouncing nature of it, like it, where it means, what I mean by it, it tells you a little bit of the current story, and then it backs up and says, oh, let's tell you what happened four years ago. There's a lot of flashbacks. Yeah, there was. Um, I didn't, that didn't bother me, didn't but bother you really me. had to follow it. You definitely but had to follow it. especially as... 
you had kind of pieced all the pieces together, even in their back history. And it, as the last little part of the film, when they kept where you're really wanting to see where this goes, they do like one more flashback. And that's, I think, where they get in the whole affair thing yeah. with the wife. Um, you, you, have, you already know all that. Mm-hmm. You don't know the details, but you know it. And mm-hmm. I felt like you didn't need that, in, in my opinion. Um, and you, I wanted to just see more of, not that I want to see, you know, see what comes of her. She, I mean, she has terminal cancer. We know that from the beginning. We know how it ends when it begins. But I wanted to see more about just kind of where they're at now versus how they got there. Because I thought one of the most compelling parts of it, yeah, we've seen that story between, you know, two loved ones and cancer. But it is. It's a bromance movie, truly, and about Casey Affleck and Jason Segel, each other, learning the importance of that friendship Friendship. and forming their own identity. I think the best movie, the best scene in the whole movie is not is not anything dealing with Dakota Johnson. It's when Jason's time is done helping at the house and he leaves. And Casey Affleck does his normal, he's just doing laundry and he's talking on the phone. He stops to see Jason off, he says bye. He instantly comes back and has to, um, returns to his phone call. And then even in that he has to stop because then the realization hits him. He's alone. That there's quiet. That not, Everything goes his, super, his super quiet. His wife's passing was a, honestly, it seemed a almost relief. like a relief. At that like, point. She's been sick for so long. She's been hallucinating and just a lot of all the he, stuff that comes to terminal cancer. He's already accepted her loss yeah. before she even died. But the most powerful thing was, was letting go of a friend and a dependent who has helped him live his life that is no obviously loving relationship but is such his emotional bond was so much stronger to this friend I and felt you just realized that that's not no, it's not normal his wife. Yeah. I liked how they showed I'm about to start crying now this is bad <laughs> oh my god that's what I thought was the best part that's what made this movie <sighs> a bit unique okay. than other films the closest thing that you can relate it to is 50-50 the yeah, yeah, yeah. um Seth Rogen and yeah. um, Joseph Gordon-Levitt cancer movie with mm-hmm. it's also like the little bromance story and I guess there's another one the what is it the one on Netflix with um, Mark Duplass and Everybody Loves Raymond Ray Romano uh, oh yeah I haven't we seen haven't that. seen that yet I think Paddleton we do need to see that but I think all three of these films share the similar two, I liked, two men yeah Helping each other during um, a cancer thing. I mean, it, and they show, I, I like how they show how when something bad happens, people drop off in your life because they don't want to deal with you in your worst. They just want to have fun with you and hang out with you. And when you're going through something difficult. Or they, they only have such an amount of time. They can only support you so many, so much. Well, also, like, people drop, I mean. That's what I mean, honestly, yeah, they can, they can only. I'm talking about through death, through divorce, through whatever. People drop off because they only want to hang out with you when it's fun and happy. Yeah. And not when it's and when it's sad and difficult for a long time, especially. Like you say, there's a, only a certain amount of time people want to deal with it. Yeah, they can only handle it so much. We can right. do the two or three moments or the two or three moments of, of support. But I don't fault people for that. I mean, we all have our own lives and our own yeah, things. Yeah, of course. And and I think. So it's abnormal to have a friend. I mean, it's rare and unique to have a friend that sticks in there like that and kind of drops their life. But the point in the in this movie, the Jason Siegel character, he had been struggling even until this moment to find the purpose and the point in his life. And that was part of his purpose. Yeah. Really, he realized. But then, and then he w- it was easier for him to go on with his life because he felt mm-hmm. there was a purpose why he was squan. Uh, I, I can't think of the word wandering and not not focusing or not being able to find what is his thing. But he was searching even is, even into what it seemed he was like meant what his, to be there at his that 40s, time. his late thirties, yeah. early forties. 
that he still was struggling to find his place and purpose in, in life. Um, and yeah, so he had that opportunity to do that. And then, yeah, there was also the her passing was his catalyst to say, I have to move on. Yeah. Yeah. I have to let go of things. Um, Cause though it never went there, it's, you know, there's like a, a level of love and infatuation mm -hmm. that he had towards Dakota fan, uh, Dakota Johnson. From the beginning, before um, she even. But even in decades later, like. Yeah. His friendship with her and Casey Affleck. But he never crossed the line. In no, that. no, no. But it was it was enough. He loved her now. It's enough to hold on to, to not commit to other things and move forward. Mm -hmm. I think that was a subtle thing that the movie never fully explored. Developed. yeah. But it definitely was there. For sure. No, so I like, I mean, I like movies like that. I liked Our Friend. Um, I liked it a lot. I thought it was I a mean, good movie. Movies that have stuck with me over the years, unfortunately. I don't know why. It must be a weird thing in me. But movies that have stuck with me over the years are super sad cancer movies like Terms of yeah. Endearment. <laughs> like, these are movies I remember and stick with. So, no, anyway, but it was I liked a. It. Um, I liked it a lot. It's worth the watch. If you like to it. be sad. <laughs> I recommend renting it. It's like five bucks to rent it on streaming. That's really all you can see it these days. Yeah. Um, or like you red box the DVD. I but no, I recommend it. The it's, actors did well. The children even did well. Like I said, the, to me, the surprising thing about it was that it truly was this. And again, I'm not using it in a negative term. Only I think it, for me, at least, it creates the best connotation in your mind. Like it's a bromance movie. I don't think that at all when I think of it, but I'll let you keep saying that in our podcast. <laughs> I, every no, time you say it, it I way. kind of like get a little cringy, but no, I understand what you're bros, saying. Neither one are bros <laughs> at all. Neither one are bros at all. And they're not, it's not a bromance. It's not like he's in love with Kathy. I mean, it's not, it's not a bromance. No, but it's it two is a, male friends, but again, male Male intimacy and male, um, it is a, um, male, male friendship and male support is true friends and not supportive. only a rare thing in films, it's a rare thing in general. Yes. And but I think bromance so, so that, to could me, that be the term, wrong term. That term is just it's like, it's a, to me, it's a playful term to say, oh, it's, it's because it's such a foreign concept for whatever reason in society and film. That men are empathetic and genuine and, and emotionally supportive but see i think bromance plays into men not that word plays into <laughs> men like not we're outside men not being like that 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 word that word that very word plays into it no i know listen i i say to me that's like i said it's it's not meaning it any negative way I'm saying that's to me the, but I get it. I get the what power you're of this movie is in the two of them. Yes. I think Dakota Johnson, she's a minor character in this movie, truly. She's the catalyst, but she's not the focal point of this. No, no, no. Which I think was the different part between, say, a movie like 50-50, where Joseph, Joseph Gordon-Levitt with the cancer is the focal point of that movie. Mm -hmm. It's about him. It's about his struggles and all that. No. No, this no, is it's a movie, not about this her. This is a movie about Casey Affleck and it's Jason Segel. It's men dealing with someone dealing with they loss. love dealing and having loss. someone there to support them, which that's is what, not, not, a, not a common thing. And that's what I thought was more interesting. Yeah, the I agree. people impacted by the loss, not the person experiencing it. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And that's okay. what I thought was good about it. And that's what I mean, just like the bromance side of it. All right. So we're going to refill our stuff and pause. I'm going to take a little pause. And then we're talking about the best movie we saw. Well, I mean, I liked it. Censor. Oh, you already said you liked it. Good. But I really liked Our Friend. <laughs> the best movie for me yesterday was Our Friend, but I enjoyed our Censor as well. The most thoughtful film was Censor. Okay. Thought-provoking. All right, let's take a break thought, and come back. Thought-provoking. Let's take a break. All right. <laughs> Bye. I'm still going over it. Well, for passing it as an 18 and needs more cuts. The decapitation? Nope. No, the decapitation is ridiculous. It's the, uh, it's the eye gouging. It's too, it's too realistic. Plus, I was trying to see who dragged her away. Does it matter? 
Well, it would be nice if it had some clear retribution. I appreciate you analysing this with such precision, Enid, but perhaps someone got out of the cautious side of bed this morning? Oh, I'm just doing my job. You're missing the intellectual layer, oh, my come on, we the both heightened saw references take the edge off the more realistic violence. See it less as an eye gouging, more part of a grand tradition. It's no worse than the Cyclops in Homer. It's Gloucester in Lear. It's un chien andalou. I've salvaged the tug of war with the intestines. I've kept in most of the screwdriver stuff. And I've only trimmed the tiniest bit of the end of the genitals. But some things should be left to the imagination. It's like rat brothel all over again. No, I just want to get it right. Plus, you lost the argument the moment you brought Shakespeare into the room. We can't afford to make mistakes. I'm cutting it. Okay, we're back. We got a... We're back. A refill of our... I want to say killing me softly, but it's keep a cool hand. Keep, I want to say cool hand Luke. I want to call it killing me softly, like the song, but it's not. No. That'd our be cool, a good name for a drink, though. We've got a, re, a refill. And to talk about our final film. Censor. Censor. Which... Anytime you watch sort of three movies in a day, the third movie, I mean, it's going to be a really good movie to keep you in. True. And this first part it was of this, short. And that was a good thing. This movie's like That was a good thing because I was sleepy. At around 80 minutes. Yeah. But I think for the premise of this movie is it needs to be short. But the idea of Censor, Censor was a movie that has just also come out. Kind of like Till Death on demand, on streaming mm -hmm. as a rental. It was on your radar. It was on my radar only because I saw the picture of it, which is this sort of 80s looking librarian type. Librarian type. Woman. Woman. Not old though. She's no, no. Just that dress from the 80s on the top half of her body. And then there's like a weird oh, VHS. The poster. VHS effect, and the second part of her body is she's like holding an axe. Yeah. And you're like, intriguing. You watch the trailer and find out this is a movie about 1980s Britain. British 1980s. In this idea of the video nasties. Which we didn't know what which that we was. Had to do a little even though we're children of the 80s. We are. Which is part Definitely. of the intrigue in this, to me. Um, the 1980s were... More would, censored than... Well, they well, were oh, no, and they Britain, weren't. In Britain, it was. In Britain, they were. But no, I'm saying if you go to the video... This is, where, this is where the appeal was, right? If you went to the video store in the 1980s... Mm -hmm. Which we all did. Yeah. You would see all these... If you went to that section, all these horror movies... Mm -hmm. That you would never see anywhere. Which clearly you went there more than <laughs> course, I did. Of course I went and looked at those. <laughs> but I think you have seen plenty of 80s VHS yeah, covers. of course. Straight to video, cheap horror movies stuff. A lot of it is exploitative and just not good good movies at all. No. But just murder and killing and all that stuff. Satanism, etc. And et there cetera. wasn't as much, like, I mean, just for example, this doesn't even go into horror, but... Well, I guess it maybe it does. There wasn't like the PG thirteen element that there is now. No, that it came was late. just like yeah. PG, really innocent, or R. R, yeah. And so a lot was put left in PG. Or no, or and of a lot of it was R, but it wasn't. Much more was PG than. No, but I think a lot of it feels horror. It got an R, R rating. But when you watch horror it, horror was R. Yeah, yeah. horror is what I mean. And when you watch it, I'm as thinking like. You know, Goonies, no, even stuff like, like that that mm -hmm. may have been PG-13 now, but was PG back then. I gotcha. Yeah. Um, Language-wise and whatnot. And like a little bit of nudity would creep into PG movies, etc. Talking about drugs and... Drugs and like topless stuff would be in yeah, PG yeah. movies earlier, of course. Yeah. No, but horror movies, most of it would come in to R... But watching it as an adult now, you see a lot of it either looks now looks cheesy, campy, or not as bad 
as we thought it was, as I would think, as children in the 80s, right? Right. We thought it was so bad and so evil and so satanic. Well, graphics and, so, and stuff weren't the same either. And so gory. And yeah. now you look at it and you're like, come on. Yeah. But back then it was the thing. So that was part of the appeal of this movie is that it it is playing with that 80s VHS aesthetic. Right? Yes. Okay, just check. And, For sure. And the premise of this movie... Well, the filming of it, making it even look like vhs in a lot of moments. And yeah. now she's watching the VHSs and stuff. And this it's isn't really one of those nostalgic. movies that does a glorified version of the 80s. I think it's more a realistic version of the 80s, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, dreary. Yeah. Depressing. There's nothing glorified about... It it's not there, hot you know. pink and hot pants. It's just it's not Madonna. No, <laughs> it's it's as it was. It's more like a slightly modernized version of the seventies. Yeah. But so the premise of this movie is that in Britain there was this thing called the Video Nasties, which was the British government censoring or demanding edits and changes to certain horror films. To make them less offensive and gory and graphic. Yeah. And so it's a movie about a woman, Enid. She is a, a censor. Her That's job her job. Her job is to, to watch these terrible movies. Or any movie that comes yeah, into but, her Yeah, but the stack. focus of this is that they're all like yeah. these horrible horror, horror movies. movies. Low-budget low horror movies. And either deny them release or set the demands of what needs to be cut and changed for them. Like, if there's a rape scene, oh, you need to cut out these parts. Or if there is a killing scene, you need to cut out these parts. This looks or too realistic. Yeah. Or this or looks too, long. too graphic. Or, or you, yeah. you sit on this too long and too much. Cut away. And the initial impression I got of Enid, or something that stood out compared to her co-workers, was that she could sit there without flinching and watch these gruesome terrible scenes mm -hmm. happen where her especially the I don't remember her name that woman that she worked with another co-worker uh, a, a co-worker kind of would be like how can you how can you not look away or how can you not you know and she's like you know she made jokes like well I'm not hungover or I'm not whatever to the woman, but at the same time, she just had this, like, uncanny ability to just kind of watch it without looking but, away. Yeah, well, she had a very, um, a very clinical approach to it. Professional. But she did say, I think to that coworker in that same scene, she said something to the effect of, I'm paraphrasing, but she said the brain can edit out... What it wants to. What it wants to, right? And I thought that was one of the interesting things of this movie. And that was a parallel to her previous her experience that she was blurring into this. Which we'll movie. get to, and that's what I think yeah. the most important. Of that I like this movie. I think I like it a lot. It's one of these movies that I think I have to watch again at some point mm -hmm. to really appreciate it. But I struggled with it for the first like hour because it's slow. Mm -hmm. It's just her going and watching these movies and her reaction shots to it and, and it and cuts then, it cuts to these made up 80s movies of like gore and death but really briefly just enough that you get like oh my gosh she watches this eight hours a day and then there's bits of you know a couple bad things happen in the news and of well, people that have watched movies they they, they tangle in and they, they kind they, of blame it on they the they weave in a little bit of history lesson which again the movie does not educate you at all if you want, you kind of have to do your work and say, oh, wow, because we did it after the movie a little bit. We watched a little bit of stuff about the video nasties and got a little brief five-minute history. Being Americans, we're as aware of... Now, we knew, like, current affair TV and, and talking about Satan, like, satanic panic and Satanism mm -hmm. was definitely talked about in mainstream news. Phil Donahue, Oprah Winfrey, mm -hmm. they talked about satanic movies and horror movies and all this but not the government I guess because of our first um, first amendment free speech right and all that like right. 
did not intervene the way the British government did in right. the video nasties era. Mar Margaret Thatcher, which it, the movie hints at that, like that, but it doesn't give you a full history lesson about all these movies and how they were censored. Um, but it hints at it, like the news and media blaming crimes and things on these horror movies. Yes. Like you hear the media and stuff blaming things on video games now. Right, 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 right. So that but, was an interesting... Oh, like school shooters and yep. whatnot being, being influenced by video games and violence and Violence and media, which yeah. is interesting, which this movie hinted at some of the British culture doing that. But one of the things I thought was really cool about this movie and what is nice about it is it brings up this concept of how we remember things. Mm -hmm. And I think now with social media and pictures we look at, right? Mm -hmm. Even in our own kids, we hear our kids reminisce about things from their past. They're not 100% correct. No. They, they reminisce on these stories based on the stories they've been told at the dinner table and they'll say of like course. oh remember we all do this. remember when i was 4 and this and that like they're keeping that memory there when in reality the way our brains form is as we get older we lose there's a really interesting radio lab about gray 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 area in our brains another podcast but as we get older we forget all that stuff mm -hmm. our childhood we just do the only stuff we remember are the things we've either been told or the pictures we see, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, no, I totally believe that. Yeah. And we see it in our own kids. They tell things that they act like they remember, but they all they're real, they're not remembering the experience. They're remembering the story. Mm -hmm. right? They're remembering what they were told. They don't remember what happened when they were five years old. They just don't. And we, we, we like to kid ourselves and say we remember things? I think you can remember something what was poignant or, or traumatic. It doesn't have to be like big traumatic, but it has to be like something that affected you in some you way. You remember one, one or two little key things in your like, life. You don't remember the entire moment no. of it, but you, you, you remember that moment that something happened. I felt this way. You know, especially if it was something painful to you personally. Yeah, there's very or, few things I think know. deep down we remember. But ultimately, I feel a lot of the things we remember are the things that we have a memory aid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And now with social media and photographs, we have that memory aid, right? Yes. It's no coincidence that the things that we remember the best about our childhood are the things we also have pictures and photographs of mm -hmm. or video recordings of. Or, um, heck, right, even on Facebook memory, right? Now Facebook and all that will give you your memory, your yeah, your time hop or whatever yeah, it is, right? Yeah. And so this movie, the long tangent on that, this movie plays with that idea, mm -hmm. right? And that was, I think, one of the most interesting things about this film is the influence, without being obvious about any of this, is... It's a very subtle, quiet, slow movie, except the last 20 minutes, which are like yeah. over the top. Yes. <laughs> um, right? But it plays with that because the, her trauma is her that... Her trauma is that she's in the forest Eden. and Eden is in the forest Eden. and she, her sister kind of gets lost, at wanders a young, away at a, young at a very age, young age. At a young she's age. She's like 10, maybe... Her, her sister and her sister is younger is either lost abducted or whatever in something the woods something happens to her sister in the woods and the sister is gone forever so of course she carries this with her and the parents kind of do too or you know mm -hmm. she feels like she's been blamed for it that she well the couldn't. parents even at this point the only person who truly knows what happens what happened is her eat it like right the, the sisters, she, the parents don't even know what happened. Because they, they weren't there. They weren't there. She was the only one that was there so when her sister very, disappeared. very, she doesn't really remember what happened. Of course, I mean, she can't remember. 
whether it's like she's blocked it out or whether just, they were just like playing hide and seek and she just went missing or you know whatever happened she kind of vividly remembers a man well i don't think she even vividly the remembers a man i think she is at this it's point she memory. believes there's a man there that abducted she's been her. told that but why does she think that and that's what is interesting right and this is where the movie takes this Two things trigger her her memory in this, right? This is decades later, maybe 20 years later. Her, her parents are ready to officially declare the missing daughter dead. What's her name, Alice or something? Not an, well, Alice? I don't know if it's officially Alice. I don't remember. No, the lady that Eden, Edith, is it Eden or Edith? I want to get it right. It's, but her um, sister's name was Alice. It's Eden. Eden. E-N-I-D. Edna. Enid. 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 Sorry. Enid. Enid. Um, yeah, the parents feel at this point that they want to officially declare Enid's sister dead. Yes. It's been 15, 20 years. Mm-hmm. Let's move on. Let's have closure. Have a death certificate, uh, and that's and what that's that's the number one catalyst is the parents present Enid with the death certificate, um, saying that we want to move on. Mm-hmm. So that spurs. And, and this. she's initially like her initial feeling at the moment is against it because she's like, well, she's not dead. Yes, she disappeared. We've never found the body. We never found her. We've never found her. She's not dead. Why would we? declare her dad and her parents are kind of like well we just need to do this to move on like there's no investigation everything's closed it's never gonna find her we're never gonna find her it's 20 plus years later and then the second catalyst is in in reviewing these horror movies she sees one about two girls in the woods the same woods very, yeah, or maybe it was filmed in the same woods. Yeah, because the woods were called the same thing. Yeah. And about two girls in the woods that end up going into a cabin, and one of the girls is murdered and killed by this weird-looking man. Giant, kind yeah. of. And so Enid takes that, and that's why I said about her memory. She then, we never, she, we can't trust her as a narrator. She then starts to feel that this is a retelling of her sister's what disappearance. Happened to her sister? And she imprints that man and that situation as an explanation to her sister's disappearance and believing that. So it does two things, right? It does a common. This is what I think is fascinating about this movie. It's so well done and almost like. But it almost seems like effortless, like it's almost like, oh, I coincidental, like, like maybe they weren't intending on doing this, but I think they were. One, it, it, it sends the message of a way our memories are influenced by other things, other mm-hmm. factors. So her memory is influenced by watching this. So now she's implanted her own experience because of her own emotional stress and trauma about this, says, that's what happened to my sister. She's been abducted. This is her story. It right? gives her a reason. It gives and then, her a... And then it does the other thing that the movie only hints at is that whole video nasty thing, meaning these movies are influencing people to do things and, and to be... and Violent. To be violent and to influence people... In, in negative ways, right? So it is actually so influencing her. And, said, and has changed her because of this smut cinema, if well, you will. Well, of course, because, and I'm thinking that the whole time, she's watching these movies for eight hours a day. It desensitizes to her, and, and she becomes that which she watches. She becomes part of the movie. Yeah. Literally. Well, she becomes part of the movie. Without full spoilers, I don't think we have to spoil everything. That's the path of this she gets so lost in her own mind in her loss of her sister and the watching of these movies and and to to accept her sister's disappearance to 
to to deal That's with what happened to her. Yeah, sister. to see these movies day in and day out, this like exploitation of women, and death, and gore. abuse of women, and murder, and all that. Because she keeps saying throughout the movie, I just want to keep her safe, her sister safe, and people safe. I just want to keep people safe, right? So she becomes, as in the poster does, this axe-wheeling savior. Who's trying to keep her sister safe, but actually becomes what she doesn't want yes. everyone else in society to become. She becomes yes. the horror. Of course. That's an amazing yeah. movie. The twist is amazing, yes. That the best part of this movie are the last 20 minutes. You have to endure. You have to. It was rough. It was getting late. I was getting tired. I was even, like, not sleeping, but starting to get, like, heavy eyes. I, like, oh, I, I always gotta, do. I got to shift my seating. I can't sit like this anymore. But since seeing Censor, I'm like, I got to see Censor again. Got to see it again, not so late at night. And just to watch it again, because now that seeing the whole thing, I bet it's, like I said, I think it's a masterful film by, um, I think like I think it's a first-time director. It's a female director. I don't think she's done much other stuff. She has done... She has done, like, a short 15-minute film called Nasty, which is kind of the same story as Censor. It's just sort of like a little short movie, short video of the same thing. So... That's pretty cool. That I think it's a great movie. This is her first film. That's great. But I think it's something that someone could easily watch and and almost dismiss it as one boring, unless they stick with it, or two like confusing. I liked it. It was tough for me. As yeah. And the be you know it was it was tough for me. And then, honestly, my mentality at the time, you know, now that I discuss it, yeah. I. I would like to see it again when I'm not so tired. You're but like, oh my gosh, this is such a great film. At the time, I after, thought our friend after, was good. Um, after what was the what was the Megan Fox movie called? Till Death. All the peril after um, Till Death, and then we watched our friend. That was a relief from some of the peril, yeah. although it was sad. And then back to a lot of peril during. Um, but only peril at the very end, though. Censor, only peril at the very but end. Though, but, but though there were all those cuts I, for VHS movies that then that she was watching, mm-hmm. that was nothing but there screaming and killing yeah. and raping. Yeah, so it was terrible. I it was do terrible. my body. This one, my body does. Yeah. The vulgar and violence. I shut down. I do not love a lot of vulgar and violence. Yeah. This movie had a purpose for it. It wasn't like unpurposeful vulgar and violence. There was, there was a... Um, good storyline, a good plot, a good like twist. Everything was good about it, but I start to be like, okay, I cannot even, movie, I cannot even watch somebody uh, getting like I chopped agree, up or Sensor stabbed. is a movie, right? Where it's a puzzle, right? And as yeah. the, they're, they're building all the exterior elements, the mm-hmm. borders of the puzzle. Yes. And none of it really fully clicks at what it's really trying to do. Those until middle pieces that really reveal the puzzle until the very end. Yeah, you're right. And you're watching it. It's almost funny at the end. Yeah, yeah, it is. No, it definitely is. Because it ends with it's a, it, it ends. Well, it super, is definitely funny at the end. I mean, it, though, no, she's like also, smiling and laughing. It's funny, but it's also super scary creepy. and frightening at and the creepy. end. Creepy. Because. Though we don't know how it fully resolves, we don't know anything about her sister. And I mean, we can assume living in reality and logic that her sister is long gone. That wasn't her sister, yeah. But, but it doesn't come out and tell you that. But the frightening, it's frightening reality of what she has done. And now the trauma that she has brought upon not only this actress, Alice, that mm-hmm. we learn about later at the end of the movie. And her parents. The director of the movie. Well, the director, the, 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 the director of the movie, the producer of the movie. But then I'm also just thinking of her parents. Her parents. Um, the movie ends with her parents and her yeah. um, as well. And we don't get to, we only get gl- flashes of 
reality. Yeah. We, the last 15 minutes of the movie, 10 minutes of the movie, we only see the world through Enid's eyes. Yes. And I think that's what's fascinating about the and whole she's idea in of, an altered state. of memory yeah. and our, our one's own personal perceptions of things. Um, and it only does little glitches, like little like um, VHS tracking shots to let you know what's actually happening. Yeah. Um, this is definitely a different movie. It was definitely and was, like... And that's just like a really cool just filmmaking technique that you yeah. don't see much of. It I don't was. think I've really ever seen it done that way. And this was a new movie, right? It just came out. It came out as of this recording, July 4th, like and a week that's, ago. That's cool. I like that. Yeah, it's very different. Very different. So I needed to see it three hours earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and without Till Death as part of the and viewing. And without Till Death as part of our viewing thing. But think about that it. was too much peril for me. But um, but think about it. I agree with you. I agree. I agree with you. Movies I agree. Like, it was a unique viewing experience I, for sure. Know, a movie like Our Friend, I agree, is a great emotional no, 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 I movie. Can, I, I get the difference. No, the but two think movies. about um, Sensor and the Neon Demon. Some of these other movies we've watched recently, right? The power of films. That, yeah, they're very genre-heavy. Yeah, they're very... Um, they can almost be very off-putting to people in their... Ex- well, the power of films that push the boundaries yeah. of filmmaking. Yeah. yeah. And I think we've seen two recently. I think between The Neon Demon and Censor, uh, these are like two very thought-provoking, artistically-driven movies. Um that really show that cinema can not only be a powerful storytelling element like our friend, mm-hmm. but then also visually can just be a medium for telling stories that... Um, yeah, I mean, I think with those films and our friend, there's there's two different complete audiences and purposes. Yes. You yes. know, yeah, like yeah. there's... And our friend is good for what its audience and purpose is because it, it's a good film for that purpose and audience Mm -hmm. better than most Mm -hmm. cancer sad films Mm -hmm. um but those films are for a completely different audience all right so let's run it down till death we don't really recommend no our friend we recommend we recommend to people who enjoy being sad (laughs) okay I think our friend would recommend anybody. It's a good, it's a good movie. I have no reservations on that. Already. So, what is the recommendation for censor? I recommend it for sure. No, it's eighty no. minutes, and it's different. And if anything is different, it makes you think. To me, a if it evokes an emotion, it does. Like our friend and censor, mm-hmm. it's worth seeing. If it's something different that you typically don't see, like sensor, mm-hmm. it's always worth seeing because you're expanding your mind to different ways film can be, yeah. for sure. And I, I liked it. It was good. Yeah, I mean, I, it was I, a different take on, you know, a different look, uh, uh, even a different um, theme that people don't have not really touched. Yeah. You know, the fact of the censorship of films. Yeah, I, I recommend it for anybody, too. I think if you lived during that era of 1980s. Even if you didn't. You, no, but you I think, number one, it. if you did, you enjoy you it. You really enjoy it. Because you understand it. it. Yeah, you yeah, understand yeah. what was happening. Um, and I think anybody nowadays who are watching films who are, you know, 20 years and up, who are willing mm-hmm. to give it a, mm-hmm. a, a look, I think... You'd also see the element of just that's like I said. I think it's really relevant, even though social media doesn't play a piece in it at all. It's really relevant in the impact that media nowadays is mostly social media. Media influences our memories of things. Of course, absolutely. And I felt that movie really—that's what I thought was interesting. A movie about VHS films says a lot about our current state of things with social media now absolutely so, definitely right. it was an enjoyable day yesterday yeah, yeah. good rainy day movie good rainy day so they have, they're but cool. today it's blue skies 
Fourth so, of July drinks. Our Fourth of July, we're about at the end of our drinks again. And they have like plastic cups here, but I think they'll still. They'll still clean. They'll still toast. All right, so let's toast. That's good. Good. All right. <laughs> so maybe our next episode will just be a movie. It'll be another triple feature. This is like our third tonight. triple feature episode, I think. It's like our second, I think. We've done it a, a multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> and we always say we never watch three movies, but lately we have. I know. You know what? Because we love watching movies together. No, it's... It's part of us. All right. So, go watch uh, Our Friend and Censor. Yes. Go watch The Neon Demon if you haven't seen it yet. Yes. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> we will talk to you soon. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye. Bye.